Welcome to 239 Uncensored. Everything Southwest Florida and beyond with your host, Tim Jurad. This podcast covers it all. Real talk on issues from real estate to real crime. Join the discussion on hot topics to politics. Don't get left behind. Be in the know about everything Southwest Florida and beyond. Welcome, welcome, welcome to 239 Uncensored Everything Southwest Florida and beyond. And we're got, we have a great podcast today. Very interesting. This episode is going to be with Sergeant Dan McDonald, really good friend of mine for a long time. We've worked together all these years. Dan, welcome to the studio. Yeah, we're so glad that, that you're in. And, uh, you know, we've been talking over the years. I know you've been a really a big proponent of autism. You have a son with autism. And, you know, you've you've really pushed Collier County to the forefront through education. You've opened up a lot of people's minds as to what and how to deal with autism. And and I got to really thank you for that. And I, and I really appreciate you coming on and, and kind of telling us a little bit of a project that the Collier County Sheriff's Office has, and it's autism, the Autism uh, Support Project. And we all know that this month's very special to you. Tell us a little bit about what this month is. This month is April is always Autism Awareness Month. Uh, April 2nd is World Autism Awareness Day. That was last Saturday. There were some events going on around the county in support of that. But April is a special month to bring awareness, understanding, and support into understanding autism and also the project the sheriff's office has. Yeah, and I think it's it's very important that people understand that I think autism is, when I think of autism, I, I really have learned a lot over the years, but I also have learned that these kids and, and all kids are really special, right? But I, I think these kids are like really, and, you'll, and obviously with your son, it's very important that we understand a little bit about, you know, how they might act when they see us, how we relate to them. And, and I think as far as not just for public safety and first responders, but for the community in general, I mean, can you kind of just give us a little bit about how that's, you know, autism has impacted your life with your son? Well, absolutely. Um, it, one of the things that we want to bring forward is, is you know, everybody is always, you know, as a society, we're growing every day. Information is always coming forward. It's always being shared. But in addition to that, part of what the project and what we want to do here in Collier is we want to let both the kids, the young adults that are on the spectrum, but also their parents. You know, we want to explain to them that they're not in this by themselves. They're not alone. There is a support mechanism there. They can reach out and ask for help. We never turn any type of disability away. So if somebody contacts us and says, my child has a disability, but it's not autism, can I still look to you for support? The answer is absolutely. We'll do anything we can anytime to help. A lot of times it's information and referral to other resources, um, how it uh, has affected me personally. The biggest thing that it probably has done is to let me understand that there are resources out there and sometimes it takes a little bit of work, a little bit of research, a little bit of digging, a lot of communication to find out what those resources are and how they can be best applied to any family. Very good. Yeah, because I think a lot of times people might think that they can maybe take on some of this on their own, right? And we've had that discussion. And there's a lot of different groups and programs. And, and obviously, you want to find something that fits for, you know, your, your needs, right? But there's a lot of people out there that are, kind of try to team together and, and try to help out. When did the Collier County Sheriff's Office and when did you reach out to the sheriff and, you know, get that support and get this program going? Well, I've been teaching it since about 2008. And then um, a lot of times it was through uh, other 
whether it's referrals to other agencies, whether it was, um, I had an outside employment with a company where we taught both around the state and around the country. Um, but as far as the agency went with the support project we're currently talking about, there was probably about a year and a half ago, I was contacted by Sarasota County Sheriff's Office. Sheriff Hoffman up there had asked about uh, how a similar project could be applied to his agency in that process and just making sure some of the training I was agreeing to go and provide was within accordance with our agency's permission. Colonel Bloom had come to me and said, let's sit down and explain this a little bit more to me, give me a better understanding. And um, I, he took that information, sat down with the sheriff, came back to me in November, right around Thanksgiving, and said, we'd like to put this in place within our agency, move forward full speed ahead. Um, and they've been absolutely 100% supportive of everything we've tried to do. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And I, and I know here we got a really cool logo and you've got the, you know, the sheriff's office badge type thing and you got the, the actual badge and, you, you know, like the patch work and you've got the obviously the autism colors and puzzle and on that. That's really good thought putting that together. Thank you. Yeah. I work with Jamie Mosbach in our public information office. She did a great job. Uh, that was our final draft. Uh, the reason we have that in place is we wanted to develop something. As you mentioned, the puzzle piece has always been synonymous with recognizing autism. We wanted to develop a logo here locally that people could see, and maybe they're not close enough to read what it is, but we wanted them to recognize what it is. And we were doing that for a couple of different reasons, but it's been a very positive, a lot of community support, and it's moving forward very strongly. Okay, so what are the objectives of the project, autism project? What we wanted to do was we wanted to approach it in a three- area objective. And that was, first one was training. Uh, currently, every public safety agency in Collier County uh, I've been in contact with, they've been supportive. We're currently um, three days a week. Every week this month, we are teaching Greater Naples Fire. Last month was uh, Mockley Fire. Next month is City of Naples Fire. Um, all three police departments in the county. Um, EMS, the month of October is going to be all EMS training. So everybody's been very receptive. So we have that first aspect of training, and that is through public safety. The second is education. Yeah, real, real quick on that, though. Just so let's just go back because the listener wants to know, like, what, you know, what is that training? I mean, okay. what do you do? Yeah, sure. just like give, give us like an example, like, you know, when you come up on a house or right. you see somebody on the sidewalk or give us a little right. bit of it. Um, what we do is we talk about what is it, how to recognize it, because 50% of the kids with, on the autism spectrum never develop speech. So how do we recognize and how can we communicate and convey an understanding of what it is we're potentially dealing with? So what we do is we tell them there's three areas of autism. It's social interaction, uh, it's uh, self-isolation, and it is um, repetitive behavior. And, and I tell them your focus should be on repetitive behavior. Oh, okay. And it can be subtle. It can be something as subtle as just scratching my arm, you know, but that repetitive behavior, we all know if you have an itch on your arm, you can usually satisfy that itch in five, 10 seconds. But if you see somebody standing there and that okay. repetitive behavior continues and continues, it, it may be something more present that you're not aware of. So we tell them how to recognize it, how to deescalate it, questions that are good to ask parents 
You know, for instance, if they're nonverbal, 40% uh, of kids on the autism spectrum have some type of seizure-related disorder. So what happens if you're nonverbal and the child has a seizure? One of the great questions for EMS and fire to ask is, how does he react when he comes out of a seizure? Is he combative? Because it's not engaging somebody in the conversation you and I would be in. So that's what we build on with public safety. When to ask for additional resources. Uh, for instance, if law enforcement responds to a missing child, then they pull into that uh, gated community and let's say they have a big clubhouse and a big swimming pool. Well, remember, autism is about so uh, isolation, social interaction. They don't want to be around other people. So as important as it is to check the clubhouse uh, and look at that pool, it's also important to ask the family, does, does your son or daughter swim? And if they do, what pool do they go to? Oh, they go to the neighbor's house. Now that's telling us in a very time critical scenario where we need to start our search. That's the kind of training that goes with that first aspect of the project. Yeah. So now you get, so now you go from the training to the education. Right. Education is where you had mentioned about the logo. We, what we want is we want our community partners, of course, in our community, we want to support local businesses. So what we do is we'll send out just a general brief training outline that owners and managers can review with their employees. And it's just a, a baseline familiarity understanding of what autism is. And then what they'll do is once they complete that training, they'll reach out to me. And at that point, I provide them with the logos to put on their the door of their business. And what we want to do, it serves two purposes. Number one, we're sharing awareness and understanding. And number two, we're also telling the families, the parents, the teachers, the therapists, when they go into that business and see that logo on the door, they know if inside that business things were to go sideways and they needed assistance, the people inside have an understanding of what it is they're looking for. Now's the time to take care of our sponsors. This episode of the 239 Uncensored Podcast is proudly sponsored by Florida Pro Realty. If you are buying, selling, renting, or in need of property management, please give us a call or visit our website at www.floridaprorealty.com. Thank you to our sponsors. We're back. Yeah, and I got this sticker here. It's kind of interesting as well. So if you if you look at it, the, it says attention person inside with autism may not respond to verbal commands. So it might not be, you know, cause we're so used to law enforcement, like listen to what I'm telling you, do what I tell you I'm, I'm telling you to do. Right. And if you don't do that, then that's a problem. So you really don't know exactly who's inside, but with this sticker, this could, this could really save a person's life. It could, you know, let the police officer know, or the first responder, the fireman of the situation. That's, that's crucial. What we're doing with that, that's our window decal. What we do with that is we do a couple of things. First one is we ask the parent to put it on the window of the door of their vehicle, the individual most commonly sits, okay. which in most cases in a four-door car, it's the rear passenger seat. The reason why they sit in the rear passenger seat is for a few reasons. Number one, most newer cars have the child safety lock where they can't open the door from the inside of the car. Number two, it takes away the opportunity for the person sitting in the front seat to grab the gears of the car, grab the driver, grab the steering wheel. So it's another safety measure. The third thing is sitting in the rear passenger seat, it's the least amount of distraction you're giving the driver because they can look up in the rear view mirror and this, the area of the car they can most easily see 
is that rear passenger seat. Okay. So what we do is we tell them, put that on the car. Then we tell them, uh, as long as it's in accordance with HOA rules and your landlord and things like that, put it on the front door of your house. So if uh, fire and EMS come to the house, they see that on the door, they know once they get inside the threshold of that house, it may not be a conventional call for service. The last thing that we do is we tell them to put the, the last decal on the bedroom door. And the reason for that is, let's say it's a scenario where neighbor calls, says, hey, I see smoke coming out of your laundry room and the house is evacuated. Well, again, going back to autism is about consistency. They're about routine. They don't like new things brought towards them. There's a, a level, a heightened level of adaptation that they have to go through. So if they get that call and they walk outside the house, well, what happens when they get outside the house and now there's the fire truck and the neighbors and the media and law enforcement and everybody else responding? Where are they most likely to go? Back into the house. Right. And obviously, we don't want that. So what that decal on the bedroom door means, it tells fire when they're doing that cursory search of the house, don't just make it visual. When they see that decal on the door, go in there, look in the closet, look under the bed, look behind the dresser, and just give that extra few seconds of certainty that nobody else has gone back into that room. Yeah, it's all important. And, and great, you know, tips for all of us. So that, that component, no doubt, uh, one of your objectives, the education is, is crucial. People need to know, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and last, uh, on the objections, I know we got a lot more to the, the program, but last one. Is support. Yeah. Exactly. So, and the support aspect is uh, kind of like what we were talking about before your show started today is we want to make sure that we're maintaining and, and have an ongoing level of communication. You know, we're always telling everybody that we present to, we're always telling them, look, if you have to ask yourself, is this something I can reach out and ask this question to the Sheriff's Office Autism Project? The answer is always yes please reach out. We'd much rather you reach out to us and we say, you know, that might not be necessarily something that we can address, but here's A, B, and C on various resources you might want to ask that question to. Um, the same thing we provide when information comes forward to us, updates in technology, updates in various resources or types of therapy, we go ahead and we'll pass that information out. One of the things that we did was we built a, um, an SME group subject matter experts. Okay. And it's a it's about 30 individuals, but they're a great cross-section of our community. And sometimes I'll get questions posed to me, and even though I've been teaching this a long time, sometimes, you, you know, you just get that question where you're like, wow, I've never had that. And what I'll do is I'll take that information and I'll pass it along to the SME group and I'll say, can anybody offer insight on this? And they've been fantastic about coming forward. Here's resources, here's people to call, here's ideas that we can generate. And then I take that information and I pass it back to the parent or the caregiver that asked the question. Yeah, I, I can imagine you just get a lot. And then you would obviously be a subject matter expert, right? Because you, you have um, your son and you teach a lot, you're educated, get the word out. So I just think that there's probably a lot of people that do maybe, maybe have questions and then you're able to help them out. Do you, do you see a lot of kids? Um, I know that, you know, it, it talks, you give you know, give me a few stats. It's uh, autism, autism is the fastest growing childhood disability in the United States. Do we have any reason why do we know, or what do you, what have you heard? And, and again, at the sheriff's office level, do you get a lot of calls for service with people with autism? Um, well, we, we don't have a disposition to be able to say a particular call for service was based on autism. Right. We don't have that clearance code. Um, but what patrol and what CID do a very good job of is, um, you know, I'm on the CID call out 
uh, email list. So sometimes when information comes forward and they'll put in the narrative, the detective might put in the narrative of that incident they went out on, that autism was an issue. I usually reach out to that detective, uh, you know, and ask a few questions, ask if there's any, any, any way that I can help or assist. But um, I also have patrol supervisors do a fantastic uh, job of, you know, field supervisors as well. They'll call me up and they'll go, hey, look, we had this call for service yesterday. This is the information we had. This is how we acted on it. Is there anything that we missed? And we'll, we'll talk it out and we'll come up with, you know, hey, down the road, here's a better strategy. Here's a way to be more efficient. And here's resources you can reach out to. So it's, again, that support aspect is constantly evolving. We always want to make sure that that's always something that we share. I do get uh, quite a few questions. Obviously, the more uh, promotion we're doing with the uh, project, the more people that are reaching out. And it's, it goes back to kind of like the the days um, I spent a lot of days at the sheriff's office, right? 31 years. It goes back to a lot of people like they don't want to call us because they're in a situation like they, they feel like they're bothering us, right? But if we can ultimately get a situation controlled and give people help, if we can do it initially, it's probably going to assist on us having to go back. I remember a young, young, real young girl that she would get lost frequently from her house. And we spent a lot of time uh, going to the house, looking for the child, which, which that's what we do, right? We're not never complained about it, but if we went ahead and, and come up with like a solution to try to help them out, it's going to be in the long run, it's going to be a better solution for us because it's going to be taking up less of our time. Right. And that's yeah. an outstanding point because we want to make sure that, you know, like you said, people think that they're bothering us. And that's why such a strong point of emphasis with us is, look, there is no, there is no silly question. Um, we, we want to, if anything, if you reach out to us and go, hey, look, I'm not really sure this is something that the sheriff's office handles, maybe it isn't. But yet they're still helping to educate us so we can be more efficient, more effective in how we progress with this project. So I, I'm always encouraging people. Uh, in fact, the sheriff's office created an email address simply for this project, and it's okay. autism at callyoursheriff.org. That's fantastic. We kind of jumped over it and it was a little bit. Do you, do you know what the, I mean, obviously we don't know the, the root cause of autism, I don't think. Um, do you have any input on that or do you, are you thoughts? The, the most common uh, believed origins, uh, number one, is always going to be vaccinations. Uh, people always believe that there's a strong correlation between vaccinations and autism. Then there's gluten, casein, uh, celiac disease, believing it's part of a uh, result of a wheat-based allergy. Um, there's other ones that believe it's prenatal. It could have something to do with uh, children that are born via C-section or placenta abnormalities. There's a number, probably seven or eight primary topics of uh, points of origin. And, you know, asking what my opinion is, uh, you know, like you mentioned, as a parent, I've never really preoccupied myself. With I, I, that's the answer I was going to say. It doesn't really matter, right? Yeah, we we well, got to do it. it. It does because we want to be that support mechanism. However, right, right. Um, you know, I always point it as the glass half full, glass half empty. You know, I don't know what caused it, but I can't preoccupy myself with sitting back and, and being upset about it. You know, I have to move forward. What can we do positive? Um, what, 
my son is 19 years old. So last year when he turned 18 in the state of Florida, even though you've been disabled your whole life, you turn 18, you're considered an independent adult. So you have to go through the courts and establish guardianship. You know, um, there's so many things that as you move wow. forward, there's roughly 15,000 programs nationwide for autism-related disabilities. But once they turn 18, that 15,000 becomes 3,500. Wow. So... You know, and then what happens as your child's aging? Now the questions become, okay, well, I, I may be getting older. I may have declining health. I may develop an inability to care for my child. You have to, you know, if you ever want to draw silence in a conversation, walk into a room with your siblings and say, hey, if something ever happens to me, who wants to raise my special needs child? Yeah. Because, and they're not doing it maliciously, but it, it's very hard. First thing they ask you when you write up a will do you have children? And when you say yes, they say, okay, well, who's going to care for the children if something were to happen to you? And you don't have that answer. So it took me five years to get my will written, you know? know, And my point is not my situation, but my point is these are the kind of things that we want to tell parents, look, you're not alone in this. There are resources. It's okay to say, hey, I need to walk outside. You know, it's not the burden you have to carry on your shoulders every day. It's okay to say, I need a break. Yeah. But then what resources provide that? And that's part of what we want to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you and you say here, like, a characteristic of autism is uniqueness to problem solving. Give me a little example of what, expound on that. I knew a family that had a son, Trevor. Fantastic young man, nonverbal. Um, and he was uh, prone to chronic ear infections. So we're over their house one day and he was playing with a particular toy, some item, but that toy is a priority to him. Um, And he drops it in the water. So the dad I'm standing next to, and and of course mom says, hey, he dropped that. And, And the dad says, let's play it out. Let's see how he solves this. Now you and I, what are we thinking? We're thinking, I'm going to ask somebody to dive in and get it, but what if you can't speak? And then we're thinking, I'll go over and I'll get the skimmer and I'll reach over. But that's not something an eight-year-old is thinking about. So we stood there and we watched him. And what he did was he realized he couldn't put his head underwater. So he turns around, puts his foot over the, the item, and he slides it across the pool floor and he slides it up the wall to a point where he can reach under his foot up against the wall and grab it without putting his head underwater. And the father and I both look at each other and I said, you know what? If I was trying to problem solve in a manner that unique, I would still be in the pool. Yeah. I would have never thought about that. But their problem solving is so uh, creative. And you sit there and you go, you know, and and it's funny because sometimes you'll see classes where the kids are coming together and you kind of stand there to observe the class. And it's funny because the kids kind of have an interaction where they're almost like, Hey, how frustrating is every day for you? Because <laughs> right. My parents are driving me crazy. Right. You know? And uh, so uh, again, and that's what we want to remind parents. It's yeah. okay to laugh. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I've got, um, obviously I've got some super, super awesome friends, you know, that have children with autism. And, and, and to me, you know, it, it, it's obviously got to be very, it, it's got to be tiring sometimes. So, you know, I always offer and try to say, Hey, listen, if you, you need a chance, you need some way to get away, let me know. But you, again, you just can't let anybody with kids because it's, it's a different situation, you know, and, and speaking to them, you know, and, and they do have a lot of like interesting, you know, funny things and they, and they really are, are super people. So they, they, they laugh about it a little bit. Right. So, and, and, you know, my job is to be supportive for them, whatever they need. I try to help them out, you know, and, and I just think the kids 
in general. I think kids in general are, are very awesome anyway. So mm-hmm. kids, you know, with special needs, no matter what the special need might be, I think is it's, it's amazing thing. And like you said, to sit back and watch. Well, it, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. We, um, my wife and daughter, their birthdays are a week apart. So the week of their birthdays, I always send them up to Disney. So what we do is my son and I, we decide to go out. I take his tablet and I put, uh, you know, the logos of all these restaurants. And I said, hey, you pick where we're going to lunch today. So he picks Olive Garden. Well, I didn't know that Olive Garden trips were part of his, his class, part of his work. That was a reward. <laughs> right. So we walk into this restaurant and, and it was like Norm from Cheers. Everybody's like, hey, calling him by his first name. And, of course, he can't tell me the story. And I'm looking at him, and he's just giving me a thumbs up like, I got this. So it, it's right at 11 o'clock in the morning because I'm thinking it's better to go before it gets crowded. So we walk in, and there's literally one other couple in the restaurant. So I'm walking. My son is behind me. Um, and he, I guess, had, because of consistency, he had the same booth that he went to. Well, we walk. I get to the booth. I turn around to see him and to have him seated, and he's got a breadstick. We're in Olive Garden. And I'm like, where in the hell? How'd you you get that? And and this gentleman, the one booth, he turned and walked by and snagged it right out of the basket. And and the gentleman's yelling to me, it's okay, he can have it. And I'm mortified. I'm thinking, oh, my Lord, we're going to have to, you know, settle this in court. So, of course, we send a dessert to their table. We thank them so much for their <laughs> hospitality. But Terry's got a ridiculous smile on his face. And I always tell people, even though my son can't talk, he's got a great sense of humor. Yeah, no, I, I, I love your post. You know, you guys go out to eat and you do all kinds of good things. And, you know, it's got to get tiring, I'm sure. But just the things that you do really choke me up. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And uh, I just have, like, a, like I said, a, a special space in you know, in, in, in for that, you know, for those type of kids. And, and the thing about it is, I think with autism too, is like, you know, if you have a, if you have a, a boy or a girl that's got Down syndrome, right. People can identify that readily. Right. right. But it takes like with autism, I mean, for the most part, look just like everybody else. Right. right? So when the kids like acting up, uh, you know, maybe doing something a little bit different, they're not, most people at first don't really notice what's, what's happening. Is that, is that sometimes come up? No, very true. And, what we do as part of the training, like uh, last week or earlier this week when I was working with Greater Naples Fire and um, Battalion Chief Andrew Krasuski with Greater Naples Fire has been phenomenal with help in getting that program implemented with his uh, department. What we find is one of the things that we talk about is the next time, you know, the particular fire crew is walking through Publix, it always seems to be in the candy aisle or in the cereal aisle. Yeah, firemen, man, they go to Publix all the right. time. Yeah, and they right. fill up carts, and, and you know, they, 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 they drive me crazy. Right. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I told them, I said, uh, Love the fire. you know, when you walk by the candy aisle and what in the past you have believed to be just a misbehaving child, give it a second and look for that repetitive behavior that we were talking about. Because you're going to see it because the repetitive behavior usually comes as a prompt from um, something outside of their routine or it's how they address anxiety. So where you and I might have a situation that we walk away from or we might question it, they're going to demonstrate that repetitive behavior. And again, it could be something subtle. It could be uh, just rocking back and forth, you know, rocking back and forth on their feet. It could be pulling their hands back and fluttering their hands like they're trying to, you know, trying to fly. But you're always, in most cases, going to see that repetitive behavior. So it it does, you're hit, you know, right on the head when you said um, there's no physical identifiers. And you're absolutely right. 
Um, so you don't have the benefit of being able to look over and say, hey, I, I think I recognize that child might have a disability. You don't have that. So what appears to you to just be misbehavior is in reality part of a medical diagnosis. Yeah, very interesting, very interesting. And, uh, you know, some of, some of the kids that, and this all goes back into your program, there's major differences in levels and, you know, severity and, you know, how kids can function and I guess different level spectrums, I guess you might, might if you will. Um, just talk a little bit about that and how, you know, not just public safety, fire, EMS, law enforcement, how they can identify, but just, you know, people out there, you know, sure. obviously observation, right? Um, the Florida Department of Education classifies autism. They have various levels, but they also use um, uh, a number, uh, 251 to 255. 251 is very minimal, pretty much mainstream student, no accommodations, uh, no support staff, but a 255 is profoundly disabled, always going to be with the sports staff, never going to be alone, no ability to communicate or self-care. Uh, I should say they don't speak. They can communicate through what they call assistive technologies, which would be a laptop or a tablet okay. for you and I. So um, right along those lines, one of the things that we talk about in the training is, um, and that I talk to parents about, it's okay to ask what your child's matrix score is. Because if if I'm part of a group of deputies responding to a scene and there's only one piece of information I can provide, I would want to be able to provide that matrix score because it's still at least giving you a baseline understanding of the level of cooperation or interaction I'm going to have with that individual. So if I said 251, you know I'm probably going to be able to have a conversation, you know, seek information, um, give direction, gain compliance. But 255, you're not going to get that because none of those are in place. So it's 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 when you talk about the levels, it's important to know that it would be ideal to be able to have that to share. But the, again, that information is available, but you usually have to ask for that to be provided. Right, right, right. So a little bit back to the the program, and we kind of got it here. You know, the the name is the Autism Support Project. However, I think you kind of want to get it out there, like, hey, listen, if there's any childhood childhood disabilities. The sheriff's office will try to at least point you to different directions and we it's kind of interesting we find ourselves in law enforcement how we really support these things that maybe not generally law enforcement but they will be related because ultimately we might have to deal with somebody with autism autism and then you know obviously it's for their safety the community safety and everybody's safety but we're not just talking about just autism i, I think we're there to support I keep saying we, I think the sheriff's office is, yeah, the sheriff's office is there to support other kids with disabilities as well, if, if they can. Well, I work for you for a long time and you're always <laughs> going to be part of us. And I always want to be part of it. Absolutely. So um, what, what we tell people is what we looked at was because of the rate of diagnosis, you know, in 2006, there was 161 kids in the Clark County public schools that had an autism diagnosis at the start of this school year. Roughly 15 years later, that number is almost 1,000. It's 931. Wow. So that was the biggest reason, one of the biggest reasons why we went with Autism Support Project. We wanted to pick that one point. But the way we approached it was because we felt as though if we made it more general, 
we would kind of be drinking from the fire hose and we wouldn't be as effective as we wanted to be. So we picked autism as the starting point. And it's basically like concentric circles when you throw a rock in the water. We're going to take that starting point, And as the program and the project evolves, we're going to expound more and more. We're going to become more capable of providing resources and ideas and education to a number of different disabilities. Autism is just a starting point. It's not the end. Yeah, no, it's great. And I'd like to thank Sheriff Rambosk and obviously Colonel Bloom and, and you and everybody that you have that works with you doing this. I just think it's a great thing, you know, and obviously you you see the benefits and you brought it to the forefront as well. And you're and you're actually a little bit about Dan. He's not telling you, but he's he's basically nationally, I guess the word is nationally recognized and renowned for teaching law enforcement throughout the United States, which is a, it's a really cool thing. And you were doing that years back. So it's great that they've figured out that hey we've got the best guy here in, in our county let's use utilize him to get this program i have been teaching it for a number of years but i'm very fortunate because i'm surrounded with wonderful people my chain of command all the way up to the colonel and the sheriff 100 supportive um it's mostly I, i've never had anybody come to me and say hey why are we doing that instead they've come to me and said what do you need yeah. and that you know as well as i do spend 30 plus years in this career field that doesn't come along very often so when you do it's definitely a pattern for success yeah no thank you very much dan i appreciate you coming on sarge been it's been a pleasure anytime you want to come on and spread the word we're here for you and we're, we're glad to have you thanks chief we appreciate you <laughs> all right thank you 239 uncensored everything southwest florida and beyond and we are we just do a little out <laughs> thanks sarge Please make sure to download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to like and share on social media. This has been a Studio 239 production. That was fun.